Hey, welcome to Evangel Church Online, a safe place to explore faith in Jesus, receive his love, and look more and more like him each day. And today, we're going to conclude our series on stewardship by talking about your resources. Hey everyone, my name is Lucas. I'm one of the pastors here at Evangel Church in beautiful Powell River, British Columbia. Thank you for joining us. Um, let me ask you a question, and this might take you back a little ways. You may have to think back, but do you remember when you were a kid and you were learning to dress yourself? Now, when I was a kid, most of the days of the week, I, I like to dress comfortable. As you can see, I'm all about comfort. Um, and so usually I'd be wearing a t-shirt, but there's one day of the week when I couldn't get away with that. And that was back in the day when Sunday came and you had to wear your church clothes. You remember church clothes? Um, as kids, I hated it. I hated, I hated dressing up in church clothes, but it usually meant that I had to wear a button up shirt. And so do you remember those moments when you would start buttoning up your shirt and you get to the bottom and then everything would be kind of, kind of off kilter? And it's because you started right with the wrong button at the top. Um, all it takes is, is misaligning that one button at the very beginning. And then everything else, no matter what you do, is going to be off. It's either going to be puckered weird or it's going to be like uh, just misaligned at the bottom. And much the same way today as we dig into stewardship of our resources, we need to kind of go back to the very beginning. We need to make sure that we get that top button right so that we can then progress through the rest of it and stay aligned, to stay in the right kind of way. So let's begin. Today we're gonna to begin by going back. So today we're concluding our series, our, our stewardship series. And uh, let's go back to Genesis 1.1. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, a contributor to uh, gotquestions.org writes, As the creator, God has absolute rights of ownership over all things. And to miss starting here is like misaligning the top button on our shirt or blouse. Nothing else will ever line up. We started by talking about being good stewards of our rest, and then last week we talked about being good stewards of our relationships. And today we're going to be talking about our resources. What does the scripture say about our resources? So before we jump in, let's just pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you teach us something from your word? Not, not from me, not from anybody else, but from your word, Lord. We, we look to that external truth that you've given to us, inspired by the Holy Spirit to lead and guide our lives. And so God, I pray that you'd speak to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I want to try something a little bit different today. Uh, this is going to be a little unusual, but it's uh, something called Selah. Uh, when you go to do the Psalms, you see Selah as this, this Hebrew word that pops up quite a bit. And really what it really is, it's kind of this, this word that means to pause, to pause and ponder, to pause and reflect on, to pause and meditate. And so it, it's, it's most likely more of a, a musical a term or a liturgical term. 
that just speaks of silence, of pausing, or, or an interlude. And so let's just jump in. So, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read some scripture. Uh, some of these scriptures are kind of hard to swallow because when it comes to our resources, our stuff, what we, what we own, we don't like external factors kind of coming in and telling us what to do with our stuff. It, it, it kind of uh, creates a tension in us. And so today, what I want to do is I want to use scripture and we're going to start easy and we're going to get progressively a little bit harder and it's going to create some tension in us. And then we want to explore that tension because there's something there and there's something important that's there. So we're going to start easy and then we're going to get progressively harder. So here we go. We're just going to put on some music. We're going to create kind of a moment to kind of reflect, to pause and reflect. So first reading, Psalm 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. Selah. Luke 6, 38. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. James 1, 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Colossians 3, 23 to 24. Whatever you do, work heartily, as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. So let's begin the transition into places where this idea of stewardship creates a little more tension for us. 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20 or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God with your body. Second Corinthians 9, 6-7 The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Luke 16, 11. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you with the true riches? 
Deuteronomy 8, 17 to 18, beware lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Are you uncomfortable yet? <laughs> you know, we love the idea of stewardship until it creeps into our calendar and our wallet. We love it until it creeps into our calendar and our wallet. I want to approach this topic a little bit differently today. I want to approach it through the experience of these principles in my own life. Uh, my testimony, if you will. I heard it once said that stewardship is our obedient witness to God's sovereignty. I want to read that again. If you're taking notes, write it down. Stewardship is our obedient witness to God's sovereignty. I remember the first time that Lisa and I were audited by the CRA. Um, and what triggered it was interesting because at that time we were just starting out in ministry. We were making nothing. We were below the poverty line. We were so poor. It was unbelievable. And yet CRA was looking at our finances going, how is it that you're giving over 10% of your income to charity? And so we, at that time, we were tithing to our church and, and giving to different kind of missional organizations that we believed in. And so there's this kind of idea that CRA was looking at our finances going, what in the world are you doing? You're, you're poor as anything. You're way under the medium income. And yet you're giving over 10% away. And so they wanted us to prove that out because they didn't believe that that was happening. And so we had to prove that out. We had to get all of our, all of our paperwork together in terms of our donations, et cetera, to prove that we had been giving what we said we had been giving. And, and this isn't to toot our own horn. This is just a practice and a principle that we felt strongly that we needed to walk in. And don't worry, we're not tuning our own, we're going to untoot that horn really quickly. Don't worry. So this is our testimony. This is my testimony as we walk through this, this idea of stewardship of our resources. But the world looked at our financial state and thought there is no way. And, and, and though we didn't fully understand it, we at the time were being obedient witnesses to the sovereignty of God. We were acting... We were acting in faith that said that God is our provider, that God is our provider. And, and that's what he did. He provided for us throughout all those seasons. We're still standing here today because God is provider and he's so faithful. In Matthew 6, 19 to 21, Jesus is recorded as saying, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now I want you to consider the last sentence of that teaching found in Matthew. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, our heart follows what we value most. And so our treasures of this earth usually are spent on or go after the things that we value most. And Jesus knew this. 
You know, I grew up in a church planter's home. So my dad, along with my mom, uh, supporting him on the home front, planted a church in, in Dauphin, Manitoba. And this season of life is a big part of why I never wanted to be a pastor. You know, the sacrifice, the time spent, the hours lost, as my dad often had to work bivocational in order to support the church and keep it alive and running. And, and it was kind of this lack that always got to me. It kind of shaped a lot of the way I see uh, money and stuff in this world. And I, I can remember so often the things that we had to give up, the things that we sacrificed, the things that we didn't have because of the calling, because of what my dad was pursuing in this life. And so as a kid, I couldn't fully appreciate and understand the faithfulness of God because God was so faithful to my family. We had everything that we needed. And when we did it, miraculous moments came where the groceries showed up at the door and all of the things happened. But as a kid, all I could see was the lack. All I could hear were the no's because we couldn't afford it. All I could think of were, were the, um, the trips that we couldn't take and, and just all the things. And so it really shaped my relationship with, with money and resources. You know, Paul had a thorn in his side that plagued him. And for me, this is it. This is, and it still is. This is the thorn. This is the thing that I have to overcome on a regular basis. This this temptation to allow resources and money and stuff to grab attention, to grab my attention over my pursuit of the kingdom and God. And so this is my, this is my struggle. I'm inviting you into my struggle. And why do I share that? Because I know that I'm not the only one. I'm not, I know I'm not the only one that struggles with this aspect, this temptation to allow stuff, resources, finances to capture my attention and my heart and my focus. But it also, I share it because the rest of this story doesn't make a lot of sense without this context. And so I want to invite you into my story. As I said, I'm sharing my testimony around the idea of stewardship of resources. I quoted Jesus in Matthew 6, 19 to 21, but let's fast forward to, to chapter 6, verse 24. Jesus says, no one can serve two masters. No one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. You cannot serve God and money. There's a season in our lives when I made the decision to withhold our tithe of the first fruits of our income. And so there was a season where that kind of, and that was exclusively my decision. And let me tell you how I got there. We were pastoring in a church and it was a particularly hard financial season for us. You know, the cost of living was going up and we were just being left behind year after year. We were being left behind. And, and I'm going to be brutally honest. I was getting angry. I was getting angry at God. I was getting angry at the church. I was, I was resenting my calling. And so there's a lot of things going on and all I could see was the lack. And it brought me back to that childhood framework that I had developed even as a kid 
just seeing the lack and it began to just bring so much resentment and anger into my heart. And so I kind of justified this sense of entitlement. So I would do things like this. I would think things like this. I'm giving every single part of my life to the church. I'm giving my time. I'm giving my talents. I am sacrificing. I am away from my family, putting in the time, um, all the things. And so I began to create this sense of entitlement. And so I began to come to this conclusion. They don't need my money as well. And so they, they hadn't given us a raise in years. And I, I felt like I was justified in holding back the tithe. And I came to the conclusion that they owe me. They owe me. And this is my heart. This is what was going on. And so we stopped giving. And here, here was the thought process on a pragmatic level. Okay, I want you to bring you into this, this process. On a pragmatic level, we have now given ourselves a 10% plus raise. Okay, just so you hear that, we stopped giving and we were giving 10%. And so we, we've just given ourselves a 10% plus raise. So the margins theoretically are going to increase, right? The margins in our personal finances are going to increase by 10%. But, but little did I realize what I had done because I had stopped being an obedient witness of the sovereignty of God. I removed the act of faith that said, God is my provider. And so I crunched the numbers of this world and I thought we would finally get ahead, but the opposite happened. We fell behind faster and harder than we were before. And so we have to ask the question, why, why do we give of our resources, of our first fruits, of our income, of the, the works of our hands, and bring it into the local church? Why do we do that? Why is this a principle of stewardship? Because, I mean, part of it we might think because together, you know, together we can do more than we could individually and apart. And yes, that's the pragmatic answer, isn't it? Like that's, again, that's kind of that pragmatic answer. But the biblical answer has very little to do with, with the kind of pragmatic funding of church and ministry. The biblical worldview says this. This world is vying for your heart. But you can only serve one master. Who will it be? And so the biblical worldview calls us to the stewardship of resources with the idea that it's all God's and we have been given it to manage. And so in acknowledgement of that, we give and we bring into the storehouse, we bring into the local church a portion of first fruits gift on a regular basis so that these resources and these things that God has given don't capture our hearts. Generosity is the antidote to greed. So how do we begin to walk this out? It is told that when the writer J.M. Barry was old, he would never make arrangements or give invitations for a distant date. Short notice now, he would say. One of the most dangerous days of our life is when we discover the word 
tomorrow. Determine in your heart that today is the day you're going to begin to introduce change. Can I make you a promise? Giving of your time, your talents, and your treasures will always feel like something you don't have margin for. It's human nature. If you don't give when you have nothing, you won't give when you have something. In fact, it'll be harder to give because the scale of giving will grow. So determine in your heart today that it's time to sow your resources into the kingdom of God. The second step, though, is take an inventory and a budget. So why inventory and budget? Well, first, you must determine what you've been given. Now, I say that intentionally, not what you have, right? Because the biblical worldview calls us to this idea that we've been given. Even the, the, the power and the skill that you have to make an income has been given to you by God. By extension, everything that you have is God's. And so what have you been given? We need to inventory that. Time, talents, treasures, what has God given you? But the second part of that is we need to understand budget because we're going to spend it all. You know, every single one of us spends every single second of every day. We spend it. We spend it on, on trivial things. We spend it on sleep, which is valuable. We spend it on family. We spend it on work. We spend it on uh, entertainment. We spend it on all sorts of things. But unless you pre-decide where you're going to spend these things. Many of us get income and we spend it. We spend it on education. We spend it on stuff. We spend it on our families. We spend it on putting a roof over our heads. We spend it on putting food on the table. All of these things. And these things are important. But unless you tell in advance and pre-decide where those things are going to go, you're often just going to follow your heart on it. And, and all of a sudden, you're going to look up. You, have you ever been there where you've like gone through a whole month, a pay, couple pay periods, and you've gone through a whole month, and all of a sudden, you're coming up short at the end of the month, and you're going, whoa, 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 where did we spend this money? Where did we spend it? And if you don't have a budget, that's what's going to happen over and over and over again. But a budget is, is, is even less about how you spend your, your money and your times and your talent, and it's much more about why you spend it. A budget's about prioritizing uh, your values and then spending according to those cited values. It's been many years since uh, I walked in that dis disobedience in terms of the principle of giving, of, of um, being that obedient witness to the sovereignty of God. And so the first line item in our budget, the first thing in our budget is giving. It's giving our first fruit tithes to the church. That's the first thing. That's the first thing that comes up. In fact, you know, people ask, you know, do I give on my gross or my net, blah, blah, blah. Like we personally, and this isn't prescriptive. Please don't hear this. This is not prescriptive. But we personally in our budget decided we were going to tithe on our gross before taxes came out because that's our first. That's our first fruits. It's the first thing that we give. And then everything else can give out of that. But the, but the first line item is our, our giving, is our first fruits gift in, and sowing into the kingdom. And why is that? It's because we're saying we value the kingdom of God over our own. Be because we're declaring that God is our provider and not our paycheck. And, and it's hard some months, I'm not going to lie. But I've learned this lesson. 
It's the months that we, we can't, it's the months when we can't afford to give that first fruits gift that we can't afford not to. And there's something mysterious, there's something beautiful, there's something of faithfulness when you're faithful to the principles of God that he's faithful to you. Stewardship is our obedient witness to God's sovereignty. God, God has given each of us a measure of time, talents, and treasure, and we are just stewards. He is the owner. I want, I want to close by changing gears a little bit. We're just going to kind of just shift into our time a little more specifically. In Colossians 3, 23 to 24, it says, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. There's a saying that carries uh, a lot of truth. If you don't use it, you'll lose it. Right? If you don't use it, you'll lose it. In other words, if you don't put in the repetitions, if you don't put in the work, you will lose that skill or that strength or that mobility. In fact, one of the rules in any good care home is don't do for your clients what they can do for themselves. Because if they stop doing it, they're going to lose that skill. I've heard a lot of talk about our, our kind of current state right now. Um, this kind of idea of our diminished capacity. Uh, and I'm there with you. I hear you. I hear you. And you may feel as though your capacity and your margins have shrunk over the last little while. And I get that. However, too often our answer to diminished capacity is to shrink back and do less. And I'm not disparaging you. Sometimes less is more, especially if you've been unhealthy and doing too much. And you have to decide that for yourself. However, for many, this strategy, it's, it's so detrimental. You know, when I first started doing pull-ups, I could do one rep, like, like barely. But I began to train. I began to put in the reps. I began to use uh, different things that would assist me and help me. And over time, I was able to get myself to a place where we, I could do pull-ups many times over compared to where I started. I increased my capacity for pull-ups, but it took training. It took putting in the work. It took reps. I believe God has placed a calling and a purpose on your life, and he's given you time, and he's given you talents. The question is, where are you spending those? Where are you spending those? And though we may feel tired, can I, can I encourage you with something? Perhaps, perhaps you're one of those that needs to step out and start putting in the work so God can grow your capacity and your ability to serve his kingdom. You know, sometimes it's easier to fund ministry you know, for some of you, the resourcing isn't a big deal on, in terms of your, your treasure, your, your money. And so it's easier to just fund ministry as opposed to doing both. Funding ministry as well as contributing to it. What do we value in the kingdom of God? Where can we can contribute to that value using the time and the talents God has given you? Many of us have not experienced kind of the grace and the strength 
that God has for us because we haven't stepped into those things that God has called us to give our time and our talents to. And there is a grace there. There is a grace that increases capacity, that increases love, that increases ability, that increases passion and motivation to be involved. Stewardship is our obedient witness to God's sovereignty. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your grace towards us. We thank you, Lord, that you are the owner of the cattle on a thousand hills. Lord, you are the creator. You're the one who owns it all. And so, Lord, as we consider our calendar, as we consider our resources, as we consider the talents and the abilities that you've given us, Lord, would you help us by your spirit to see the opportunities to walk in the obedience of these principles of giving, of generosity, of first fruits, these principles of the giving of our time and our talents as an investment into your kingdom. And so Lord, give us opportunity and give us a grace and a strength to step, small steps, but steps in the right direction towards being obedient witnesses of the sovereignty of God. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us, everyone.